Welcome to Coffee Break with the Dancing Housewife. My name is Antoinette Daytalk and I am your host. Whether you're a competitive ballroom dancer, a social dancer, or simply someone eager to learn more about the fascinating world of ballroom dance, this podcast is for you. So grab yourself a cup of joe and join me for episode 12, The Wheels on the Bus with dancing queen Colette Murado. Colette Murado is a mom and businesswoman in Scottsdale, Arizona. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that she is also one of six amateur dancers profiled in Bravo's latest docuseries, Dancing Queens. Admittedly, if it wasn't for the show, I never would have met Colette, but it wasn't her dancing that inspired me to reach out. It's her life and accomplishments off the dance floor. Colette has a BS in biology from University of Wisconsin Parkside, where she ran track and cross country. So it's no wonder she's such a fabulous dancer. She went on to earn a master's degree in physical therapy and began her career with Easter Seals in Arizona. Soon after, she founded her company Wheels on the Bus, which has been providing support services and resources to families, children, and adults coping with developmental and intellectual special needs for over 20 years. Colette, thank you so much for taking a coffee break with me today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Well, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to jump right in. I know from my own experience that lots of former athletes are drawn to careers in the health sciences. So the fact that you became a physical therapist is not very surprising. As a runner, as a track athlete, it's in your wheelhouse. But what I'm curious about is what inspired you to focus your practice on people with developmental and intellectual special needs? Well, when I was getting my master's degree, we had to do clinical rotations, which is, you know, very par for the course in the healthcare fields. Right. And I, you have to, they, they want you to have a variety. So we had to do several different settings. And when I got into the pediatric setting, didn't expect to love it. I thought I was going to be, a, you know, a, you know, a top notch, high, you know, elite athlete, physical right. therapist. Right. And I, I was, I was placed in, in a, in a center called the special children's center. And it felt like home from the second I walked in that door. Yeah. I have no words other than that to explain it. That's where I belonged. Is that how you ended up with Easter seals then right after you graduated with your master's? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I was just looking for jobs in the field and, and that's the one I landed. I, I had a boyfriend at the time and we decided to fit everything, all of our belongings that could fit into his pickup truck and drive to Arizona just, just for fun. And we drove here first, and then I got the job. Oh, wow. Well, what inspired you? So I know you worked at, um, if I have the timeline correct, you worked for Easter Seals for two or three years. And then Mm -hmm. very soon, you were pretty young, you Mm -hmm. decided to start Wheels on the Bus. Well, that's interesting. So ever since I was, could remember, I wanted to own a business. That's always what I wanted to do. When I was young, I thought it might be a restaurant, but you know. I just, I was going to own a business. And so I had wheels on the bus already incorporated. Like I had it started in the background, but I wasn't doing anything with it yet. And about three years into my employment at Easter Seals, I was five months pregnant. My husband at the time was in law school and they laid everybody off that was um, in management. Most of us got laid off. I was in management and I lost, so I lost my job. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So So I spent... Yeah. (laughs) No, no, I don't mean to interrupt you. So you, let me just ask. So you started your business when you were five months pregnant. Correct. 
with no wow. income. Yeah. With, with the baby on the way. Yeah. So thankfully I at least had it incorporated, but there's a lot more steps to take because I have a, a contract with the government. So I just, I had time since I didn't have a job. So I got that all pounded out. <laughs> wow. So other than, I mean, I know from the website that uh, Wheels on the Bus provides physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapies. What other support and resources do you provide for your clients? Okay, so we also provide ancillary services, one-on-one -on -one caregiving. So those are unlicensed, but on-the-job trained, respite, you know, one-on-one -on -one caregivers for those same individuals if they need that support. Okay. And then, of course, we always try to, to kick in with anything else that's needed, behavioral support, equipment. Anything, any resource that's out there, we try to tap into it. All right, I'm going to pivot a little bit. Sure. I want to talk about your son, Kelvin, who we met on the show. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to say that I really connected with you on being a baseball mom because both of my sons yeah. played baseball. And so okay. I know how that okay. sports and like wrap itself <laughs> around your heart. <laughs> and yep. um, I love seeing you two on the field. Um, what other <laughs> sorts of activities is Kelvin into? Oh, he just likes baseball. I'll have to think about that for a minute. I mean, he's he's adorable, but baseball's his his thing. He doesn't well, he plays a little basketball. He does. Okay. You know what? That's not surprising. My older son, who is now 32 years old, when he was uh about seven years old, I was getting ready to sign him up for soccer in the fall. And he said to me, you know what? I don't want to play soccer. I want to play baseball. And I said, no, no, no. I, you know, you're going to play lots of different sports. And he said, no, mom, you know what? I just want to play baseball. And I said, well, I'm going to sign you up for soccer anyway. And he said, well, that's fine, but I'm not going to try. So I thought, you know what? Okay, forget about it. We're just going to play baseball. <laughs> so yep. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that Kelvin's diagnosis is Tatin Brown Raman syndrome, and that came in 2021. Yeah. As a mm -hmm. as a person with expertise working with neuroatypical people or people with other disabilities and special needs, were did you suspect something was going on with Kelvin? I mean, how did that happen? Well, you know, being a developmental physical therapist, I of course. I actually kind of knew when he was born, but you know, this is going to sound really hokey, but I knew before he was born. I, I knew, I don't know how to explain it. I didn't, I did not manifest this. It's just something that I always sort of had a feeling. And then he was born and he had very, very low muscle tone, even for a baby. Babies obviously don't have muscle tone, you know, yet, but right. his was very low and it only took a couple of months for the pediatrician to look concerned. And I took that lead and I said, yeah, he, he doesn't have appropriate muscle tone, does he? Cause you can tell by about four months, right. you know, if, if any, if that is going to come into itself or not. And so, yeah, I just, I took it from there because I'm in the industry. I knew what to do, what programs to sign up for, what resources there were because, you know, he needed the help. Right. But if I have this correct, he wasn't actually diagnosed until 2021. So that was two years ago. Mm -hmm. So were you persistent, persistent, persistent in trying to find out what was going on with him? Well, he was diagnosed. So there's all, there's all layers of diagnoses. He was diagnosed with autism okay. and cognitive delay both okay. at the age of three, because he cl clearly has those. The Tattenbaum Raman is actually just the explainer. It's the root cause of it. And oftentimes we don't know the root cause. Right. So we, we, we had diagnoses and we had things to work on. 
uh, we had impairments that we could see weakness and we could see, you know, functional things. So we were just working on all of those. What, what getting this genetic diagnosis did, um, I wasn't necessarily chasing it down because Calvin is Calvin and he presents how he presents and we were going to help him. Right. His family was going to help him no matter what. But what happened was he didn't stop growing. And I started to get a little concerned and, and I started getting referred to different specialists and we landed on this diagnosis. And it was important to me because sometimes um, underlying medical conditions can go along with them. And that's what, what, we, what I wanted to just hone in on and go, okay, does he have a heart condition? Does he have a, a different diagnosis where your aortic, aorta can split? Because that's pretty important. So right. that, that's what we, what we did. And then we went ahead and did the extra testing, which I'm glad we did because having heart conditions can go along with this. And it turns out he had 12 holes in his heart that we never <gasps> would have looked for. Wow. Had we not known. So he wow. had a heart surgery last August that fixed all that. So, wow. Yeah. I had never heard of Tenton Brown Raman syndrome until Dancing Queens. Is there a nonprofit organization with a mission to raise funds for Tatton Brown, or is that something that you're involved in? Yes, actually. I'm, I mean, I'm in the chat group for it. I'm not on the board, but it's called the TBRS community. And it is, it is a nonprofit at this point, which is mostly just funneling towards research, as you can imagine, because we don't know a lot about it. This diagnosis, this syndrome wasn't discovered until 2014. That's wow. infancy. Yeah. You know, for a disease. And I only, I think we're up to over 300 people worldwide, given the diagnosis. So it's about as rare as it can get. So, yeah. 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 Wow. Now yeah. I want to pivot to your ballroom dancing. We can't have this conversation without finding <laughs> out how, when, what drew you to the ballroom? What drew me to the ballroom? You know what? I was, I got divorced and I was just really bored. Like I had no adult interactions because at that point I was running my company primarily from home and I had two little kids and I have anyone to talk to. So it's like, really, it's that simple. And I, and I like to be active, but I like to do things like wakeboarding and you can only do that, you know, so many times it's a whole project, you know, you can't just walk out your door and do it. So you have to drive to the lake and get people to go and you got to have a certain amount of people on the boat and you got to rent a boat, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up, you know, just driving to a studio that was much simpler and, let me tell you, it's addicting, as you probably know. Uh, well, yeah, I'm a ballroom dancer, too. And people who don't dance competitively, even social dancers, I don't think they completely understand how addicting it is. And people ask right. me all the time, how do you stay so committed? How do you, you know, some, my friends think I'm crazy. Yeah. My friends don't yeah. dance. I'm just a crazy person. What do you do to keep yourself I mean, you dance at a very high level. You're open gold, right? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. that takes a lot of training, a lot of practice, mm -hmm. a lot. And I mean, people don't understand it. It's a sport. I mean, I condition, yeah. I keep my body in shape so that I can dance. What do you do? Like, what is your weekly training and practice like? Oh, okay. Well, you know, thankfully, I was athletic my whole life. So I feel like I came into dance with a pretty good like aerobic conditioning i was right. a competitive runner i had played softball for many many years so then all i really do is dance i do i do about six lessons a week in latin and i do six lessons a week in standard so i actually do two styles okay um and i do just stretching uh -huh. stretching and dancing <laughs> yeah i do a lot of yoga it actually has really helped mm -hmm. my my dance. So you answered my question, which is what styles do you dance? And you do, do you mm. dance both at open gold or 
is one I stronger do. than the other? Wow. I'm I'm actually better at standard. But really? But yes, I want so badly to be better at Latin. It's so much my personality. <laughs> I love everything about Latin, but it's just not 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 up to par with standard. <laughs> well, I think I think both styles are beautiful. My husband and I dance mm -hmm. nine dance, so we dance American style smooth and rhythm, but we are just now nice. starting to learn Latin. And okay. we're focused on samba right now. And it's so different from anything we've ever done. And it's driving me crazy. But anyway, it just keeps challenging. <laughs> it's coming. the hardest one. <laughs> samba, samba still drives me crazy. <laughs> All right. So we talked a little bit about your training. When I danced pro-am, I danced bronze. So it's been a long time since I danced pro-am. But mm -hmm. even then, competition was pretty fierce. The mm -hmm. AM-AM circuit is a lot more laid back than the pro-am circuit. So how do you manage the stress and pressure, especially given that you have a pretty stressful life off the dance floor as well? You know, that's interesting because it's, there's not a lot of stress compared to my real life. Right. So... I mean, stress is compared to what? Because every time I hit the dance floor, I'm trying to be better than I was the time before, which is a lot easier to manage than looking at everybody else and going, oh, her feet are prettier or she's faster. That I would just, I think maybe because I was an athlete my whole life, I've just never, I've always been trained to focus and, and not to focus on things like that. Those are just distractions. Well, I agree with you. That's sort of the MO that my husband and I have adopted just to try to dance better every time we set mm -hmm. foot on the dance floor, just to try to be better than the time before. And I yeah. think your success is a byproduct of that. It's a, it's a different kind of focus. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Definitely. Well, I, we are approaching, um, running out of time. So I have started wrapping up my conversations with fun facts. So my question for you, my last question is, what is something about you that might surprise, say, your friends in the ballroom community or the people who know you from your um, physical therapy profession? Is there something that you think would surprise people? Well, I mean, I think the people in my line of work would be very surprised that I'm a dancer and even that I'm on a show. <laughs> Very right. surprised. I haven't been, most of them, I don't think, realize. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm kind of very boring. Uh, but I did do one <laughs> cool thing. I'm so boring. I did, I did one cool thing once. We, um, a friend of a friend owns a, actually a really cool sanctuary. And I just, I have to say, this sanctuary does not let people pet the animals. They don't drug the animals and let you take pictures. That's awful. But because we knew them and they had two brand new tigers they let us go back there and hold the baby tigers it was so cool that is very cool that is very it, cool and i would say it that, that qualifies as a fun factoid about colette okay. morado <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> well um i want to wrap up just by um finding out what your website, what your URL is for Wheels on the Bus and the best way for people to get in touch with you. For Wheels. Okay. So yeah, wheels, wheels on the Bus. Yeah. Wheels. <laughs> let me, let me type it in. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. That's funny. Um, I'm on my second cup of coffee. It's Wheels. Well, no, because we had a hard time getting a domain for this because it was taken. So it's, it's wheelspediatrictherapy.com. Okay. 
Okay. But the name of the company is Wheels on the Bus. Okay. The name of the and company is Wheels on the Bus. We just couldn't get that for the domain. Yeah. Wheelspediatrictherapy.com. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And for folks interested in finding out more about um, the nonprofit Tatton Brown Ramen Syndrome organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So it's easy because it's shortened. So you don't have to know how to spell it. Just T-B-R-S, right? Tom, Barry, Roger, I don't know, Sam. T-B-R-S okay. community. They have okay. a Facebook page that has a donate button right on the top. They ha- they're oh, on right. Twitter. They're on Instagram. Yeah. T-B-R-S community. And finally, if you want to catch Dancing Queens, I believe it is on Bravo Network on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. And you can uh, stream it the next day on Peacock. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. That's right. All right. Well, Colette, thank you so much. I know how busy you are, and I really appreciate that you took time to have a coffee break with me today. Really been an honor getting to know you, and I wish you a happy rest of the day. Thank you. It was really fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in today. If you're enjoying Coffee Break with the Dancing Housewife, click the share button, leave us a review, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until next time, keep on dancing. Thank you.